0: everybody waiting for the fall of man everybody praying for the end of times everybody hoping they could be the one I was born to run I was born for thee.
1: welcome back to the chip shot where we talk about real estate business leadership and our community why we believe real estate is the best business in the world when bought correctly why it's important to mind your own business why leadership is important because at the end of the day everything rises and falls on leadership back to the chip Shot, guys this morning i have a special guest named gary adamack with fayette country homes uh the previous episode i had hillary his daughter on we had a great show so this is a continuation of that uh, talked about manufactured housing we talked about how that industry's changed um, and how it's affordable housing now and all these things uh, gary who's uh, here with me today is one of the brightest smartest people i think i know in the area he uh, He's very intuitive, and so I'm just excited. To, I'm pumped to have you on our podcast today, Gary. Well, you must not know a lot of smart people. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody told me one time, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> 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 no, but you, for real, you, uh, you, uh, you know, I, we can always go on some in-depth conversations. I always learn a lot, a lot of wisdom there, um, and so I'm just excited to have you on today. Let's talk about, you know, you're a licensed real estate broker also. Um, you, you invest in real estate. Um, you have your own business. You're very vertically integrated. Not only do you um, have a few dealerships with manufactured homes, you, you have a financing company, you have an insurance uh, company along with that. So you got a lot of things going on. Let's just talk about the story. Like, how did you get started in, in that industry?
0: Uh, well, in 19... 19- 95. uh, I was fortunate enough to lose a job uh, Mm -hmm. in the wholesale Westernware business. And uh, uh, Steve Dees had owned the, had just opened up uh, Fed Country Homes. It was called Fed Manufactured Homes back then. And uh, talked me into, kind of shamed me into coming out on weekends and helping them sell some houses. And so that's how I got started. Shortly after that, I ended up losing my. I guess you'd say my main income stream and uh, sort of pushed me into the mobile home industry. I I never, I always say this, people aspire to be realtors but they don't aspire to be manufactured housing salespeople. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Although they're very, very similar. Right. Yeah, in uh, different categories of the market. So that's how I
1: got into it. Okay, okay. And then you, uh, that happened in 1995. You had the dealership here in Schulenburg, right? Yes, we had uh,
0: we had the dealership in Schulenburg. and then uh, in '98 we opened up Reliable Homes in Sealy. Uh, we had a Reliable Homes in Seguin, which we opened up and had it open for about two, three years from probably 2000 to 2003. Uh, then had a store in Rosenberg, we had open for about ten years, and and we have a store up in Huntsville okay.
1: called Reliable Homes. Okay. Um, and how many people do you employ now, you think? do you think?
0: We keep around 25 full-time employees, uh, 20, 23, 25, somewhere's right in there, and then we probably have another 30 contractors uh, that were probably their primary uh, customer, mm-hmm. you know, delivery companies, trim outs, uh, air conditioning. Yeah, that type of stuff. Septic guys, water wells.
1: Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's a uh, a lot of things going on there. I mean, from start to finish, from from when a person walks into the dealership to find a home, you know, all the things that have to be done from the pad site work to all that. I mean, y'all handle all that from start to finish.
0: Yeah, we're. Uh, I always say we're kind of like a car dealership. We're in retail, but really we're a construction company, and we're we're sort of a real estate facilitator. Uh, although we're you don't have to be a real estate uh, uh, agent agent. and uh, so we do you know we're in sales we're in finance uh, and we're in construction so you you got to be good at all three in order to work right it's complex
1: absolutely I mean just knowing everything from septic systems to water wells and getting yep I mean real estate I always say it's a team sport and it's especially a team sport in the manufacturing home business, I and mean, you got to have a well-versed team, and you got to know who to call, and, and just building that team together. Over time, I'm sure you've perfected it over time, but getting there, I'm sure when you first started, I'm sure it was no easy task finding all the people that you needed to to get from start to finish. Yeah,
0: it's never perfected, uh, but it's always changing, right? <laughs> it's always changing, and uh, you know the trick is, like in anything, uh, have good people that work for you. If it wasn't for them, we would be. We never would make it. Uh, and number two in our industry is have good contractors. Yeah, that's that's reliable.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, when Hillary was on, we talked about how the industry's changed so much. Uh, you know, from the, the, it had a stigma to it, and now the industry's trying to change that stigma um, because they're they're built differently than they used to be.
0: Yeah, in uh, September 1st of 1976. Uh, Prior to that, the industry was unregulated, Uh, so people could build a home uh, basically as as inexpensively as possible, even if it uh, maybe uh, wasn't up to par uh, on construction. Uh, So since September of 76, uh, uh, HUD came in, Housing and Urban Development, and uh, on a national level and started regulating our industry. Mm And at the time, you know, nobody likes change, so they fought it. But it ended up being the best thing we could have ever done. It it has set a bunch of uh, standards: national wiring, national plumbing, national uh, uh, structure of the home, wind zones, thermal zones, roof load zones up in the snow areas, yeah. Colorado, wherever. And so it has really uh, upgraded our industry, uh, and the since it's built in a factory. Uh, the consistency of the product mm-hmm. is uh becomes so so good because because it is uh sort of repetitious, if you want to call it that, yeah, compared yeah. to a custom built home where the wiring harness is different on every home, where our wiring harnesses are uh pretty uniform, and so the uh
1: I think the quality gets better because of that, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and uh, and it's just taking time for. I guess the public to see this and adjust to it. And I, you know, I guess uh, even though know, like trying to show people that now you have overhead duct work it used to be uh, you know on the flooring. Now you have, it's built with studs. Sure. Well, worked. it's always been built with studs, but,
0: uh, you know, now, I mean, if you need a stud, I just go to McCoy's or Lowe's or Home Depot. It's just regular. Uh, right. It's not, you know, the, the, the siding, the shingles, the, the studs, uh, all of that is... Um, the appliances, the plumbing. Uh, a lot of people still feel like you got to go to some kind of specialty parts, mobile home right. type inventory. And
1: it's not it, like that. It's
0: right. not like that. If we have a faucet out somewhere, we just go to the local hardware store, buy a faucet, go back up to the customer and fix it. It's it's pretty
1: right. simple. So, as far as uh, I guess uh, you know, banking industry finance financing mobile homes is always. You know, banks always wanted a little more down, there wasn't no money that really wanted to do it now that seems like that's changing. Do you think that it could be the fact because like a lot of people would say, you know, there's this thing out there that your house is an asset, it's uh it's gonna appreciate over time, and whereas mobile homes they thought that they would depreciate over time. Do you think that now with this new standards where you can keep you continually could update your home, you could maybe change the siding or you could put a new roof on it? Do you think that maybe now it could be an appreciating thing over time if you continually improve it over time and, and do things with it? It most definitely is. Uh,
0: the, the key to this this whole thought process is uh, is if you uh, once you take a manufactured home and separate it from the real estate that's when you run into depreciation. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you bought 10 acres of land outside of Schulenburg or five acres uh, put a manufactured home on it uh, you know kept your yard up uh, have a have a two-car garage next to it it will appreciate uh, the same as the neighborhood will mm-hmm. as a percentage uh, so so if you took that very same home and separated it from the land uh, then then it doesn't appreciate because it's the same thing like buying an old pier and beam house here in Schulenburg and you need to move it. Well, you can pick those up for a couple of thousand bucks all day long. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a used uh, manufactured home the value is much higher, but uh, but again, it's the same thing. So so the key is tying it to the real estate.
1: Right. Putting it together and tying it together like you said. Absolutely. And I and I get I'm thinking that with, over time, I mean there's so many um, I mean, even Warren Buffett, he was invested heavily in the, in the industry a few, few years ago. He said that it's the new affordable housing, and they were financing them and all this stuff. So you can tell that it's definitely changing over time. And uh, you know, let's talk about real estate a little bit. You and I have had in-depth conversations about how housing as a whole its building, construction is changing. It doesn't make sense to like the custom home industry. It's, it's gotten so expensive because... There's no uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It's it's the production for it is. It doesn't make sense. It, it it just makes it more expensive when you can go in and tie things together in a factory so much easier, and it makes it more affordable. Well, uh, it's never made
0: sense to go to Lowe's and buy a two by four at retail. That's and, right.
1: That's what I'm trying to get. And what, then
0: yeah. And then bring it to a home site, uh, and charge 20% more for that two by four when the customer could have just went to Lowe's and bought it themselves. So, uh, you know, and on a custom built home, you know, cost plus 20 is pretty standard. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the way that works. Uh, With our industry, uh, we, the factories actually, uh, if you call a forecast hedge, uh, they buy into the futures for uh, for a lot of their products and get uh, price locks uh, so a lot of times uh, when, a, when a hurricane comes in or something we get a little bit of, more of a buffer on our pricing where we can uh, our prices may not go up so much and then the other thing is is most of those factories are on rail car uh, right of ways so everything is delivered directly from the original lumber mill by rail car into into the factory same thing with sheetrock and uh, many other things like that. So everything's bought by the either semi or rail car. Whether it's the stove, they buy a stove. It's a semi load of stoves. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is so much more uh, efficient, and so uh, so that's what uh, that's kind of the big advantage. Right now, manufactured homes are probably you can pretty well figure you know if you're building a, a hundred and twenty dollar. A square foot house. Uh, our house will be uh, somewhere's like forty percent of that. Yeah, uh, 45 percent, a little less than half of, right. the, of the same price. Wow,
1: it's crazy. Uh, you know, after talking with Hillary about this and like, so mobile homes have been on my mind. So it's been, because it's like when you when you buy a truck and you then you see everybody drive the same truck as you do. So ever since I've started like trying to learn more about this industry. Uh, I'm starting to notice things, so I've noticed that there's some, some pretty heavy hitters of mine that i are acquaintance to that are brokers or investors, and I noticed that some of them are looking for mobile home parks to buy. Um, they're investing in the industry, and so it's interesting to see that it is a high, uh, it's, it's something that the world is looking at as far as an investment too, not only to buy it as a homeowner, but as an investment for people. So there's a, I'm just noticing a lot of that now. Whereas before I didn't notice it.
0: Well, uh, what everybody's talking about today, whether it's mortgage industry, real estate, manufactured housing, uh, you know, is affordability and what I've seen over the last 25 years is, uh, you know, our, our middle class is truly slipping. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, the cost of housing each year is going up faster than than wages are going up and it's making it further and further out of reach i mean it is it is difficult for even a you know a husband and a wife or two two family income uh, being able to to get into a home uh, you know in my generation you know we owned homes at 26 28 years of age the millennials mm-hmm. uh, or uh, not even close to it. In my father's generation, he came back from Korea and bought 40 acres mm-hmm. uh, in a two-bedroom house, uh, and he was an electrician, Yeah. okay? I don't think that could
1: happen today, straight out of uh, being in the military. I know, I look at uh, look at some houses, so I'll sell a house here in town, and i look at what it sold in 1989 for. There's a house that I sold the other day. In 1989, it sold for $18,000. And today it's selling for over a hundred, you know. And it's is we have wages going up that much? I don't think so, you know. No.
0: No, and the other problem is is uh, is taxation, uh, insurance, and taxation. Uh, a lot of retirees are, you know, they're ready to retire. They think they've got maybe their retirement figured out, and their home is paid for, and just the heat and cool, turn the lights on, insure it. Uh, and pay the property taxes on it, uh, a lot of them have to either have some sort of other source of income or something just to mm-hmm. just to maintain that home. Um, and as Texas continues to grow, which it is and is going to continue to grow, I think we're going to have more municipality regulation, more county regulation, more statewide regulation. Texas traditionally has been uh, not, as not as much regulation as other states. And like in the last housing crunch, that's why Texas, I believe, survived it was is our housing was still more affordable than in other parts of the United States. And so when the bust came, we really didn't feel the bust like everybody else. But it seems to me like now with all the you know, inflation of construction and shortage of labor and the cost of these eight, you know, these homes going from whatever it was, yeah. eight to a hundred thousand. I don't know. I'm worried the next time we have a bust, we might be in the middle of this thing.
1: Right. Yeah, I know. I know you always uh, wonder when it's coming. You know, in real estate it's very cyclical and you never know And So we've been on a good run since 2011. It seems like prices have continually uh are continuing to rise and all that and and but it will eventually slow down, you know, if not bust and so you just you don't know. Nobody really knows t- until it happens you're like why did I see it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh I don't know. I I feel like we still got whether it's real estate or manufactured homes. I think we still got at least another good four year. Uh, we will probably see small increases every year. Uh, I really believe the site built real estate industry is going to bust long before the manufactured housing industry will this next time.
1: And I think labor is a big deal with it. I mean, uh, you think about all you know. A lot of us that graduate from college, um, we left small town USA. I come back. Some of us are coming back, but. Everybody's got a degree now and everybody wants to sit behind a desk. When well, we don't have people to do the, the trades work, you know. And so I forget the guys it was the guy on Shark Tank the other day. He he came on with something, he said, if you wanna be rich, become a plumber or electrician, you know. He said, That's uh, go to school to be that, that's where the money's at, you know.
0: I uh my stepson came back from Afghanistan a few years ago and I said he said he didn't want to sit behind a desk and I said, Well, you need to be uh, you need to either be a plumber electrician, uh, AC, or even a welder. And so he went and got his welding certificate and is making very good money. Uh, all the trades, mm-hmm. uh, there's nobody entering into trades. I read something the other day uh, in the Austin area, the average journeyman plumber is 63 years of age. Yeah, And there's, there's a lot of the journeyman plumbers that are, I guess, loaning their licenses out and uh, you know, they've been retired for four or five years. There's no one new coming in, and that's a big problem uh, in the labor force right now, uh, and uh, it's going to get worse, I think.
1: Uh, I think you're right, and I think that well, there's a J curve to everything, and I think that we're we're trying to educate and say, hey, this is what you, you know. If you're if you're young and you're graduating and you need something to do, it's it's a great place to, to invest in yourself at, and I think over time, hopefully, we'll the investment people realize that it's important to do this and they do it and maybe you know 10 years from now maybe it'll get better I don't know all all I can have is hope Gary (laughs) so well I I think it starts
0: back uh, you know uh, when I was in high school well well they still have a lot of FFA projects that you know welding and plumbing and stuff Uh, but you know they even had auto mechanics before me you know, back in, in the 70s, there was an auto mechanic shop and so you could do auto mechanics or you could be an FFA and uh, you could learn plumbing, welding, wiring, electrical, uh, you know, uh, I, I, obviously, you know, agriculture for raising animals and things of that nature too. And to me, I think the, I think we have slowly let that slip over the years. And quite honestly, we have too much emphasis on sports. Mm-hmm. Sports is a good thing, uh, but you know, everybody can't be coaches in life.
1: Right, I know, I know,
0: uh, you're right. So um, I think we need to get it back into uh, starting even in junior high and high school programs uh, to where we can get people exposed to this. You know, back in the day when kids grew up on the farm, uh, i used to always say i didn't know you could hire a plumber i thought we were all plumbers <laughs> right. you know yeah. and nowadays if you're a kid you you can't go do the plumbing on your house you got to go pull a permit somewhere yeah if you're not licensed you can't do it but out on the farm you could so you learned how to do plumbing and so a lot of these trades are, are just not being exposed to at a young age
1: yeah yeah it's interesting that you i mean that's why i love talking to gary he, uh he puts a different insight on life, you know, and it's because you're, you know, you're, uh, you, you grew up in a small town. You uh, you've seen it a lot more than I have, you know, and so I like getting some of your wisdom, and I appreciate that. But just the stories are great, you know, because it you really think about that. I thought everybody was plumbers, you know, growing up, because that's what you did. You didn't have to pull a permit. It's crazy how how the world has shifted, and how because it's shifted, and there's all these things that happen over time. You realize, oh, you know, this is the the cause and effect of that, you know.
0: Yeah, we are, um, I don't think, uh, I think kids are probably smarter today now than ever, uh, but probably not as well-rounded.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I, I grew up in the plumbing HVAC business, and I went and worked at Ferguson, did wholesale plumbing distribution and all that, got into real estate, but you know, you forget what you what you learned a long time ago, and I'd love to, to relearn some of that stuff that I've already forgotten how to do. It's a... Uh, it's uh, in, in the industry and in plumbing, all that's changed too over time. Now you have pex uh, tubing. You don't have copper anymore. You know, that's all changed too. So it's, you know, things are always changing and it's always interesting to see what the, what the effect will be of that change. And so, yeah. Um, you love real estate, right? Uh, you you uh, invest pretty heavily in it. You, you, over the years you bought some houses. Uh, women like shoes. I like real estate. Right. <laughs> 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 so, uh, um, you know, you've invested in. I mean, and trying to get people to invest in it. Um, you know, people are worried about, you know, what if I, what if the house isn't rent or whatever. But there's always a. It's a great industry if you if you learn about it and you uh, you, know, uh, you know like when you uh, educate yourself. Warren Buffett says diverse, diversification. You know, if you if you know what you need to know about an industry, you don't need to diversify. You know, educate yourself. And if you stick to whatever you want to stick to, and you just know everything about it, you don't need to diversify your portfolio. You can stick to what you know and do quite well. And I've always tried to um, stick to real estate. If I'm doing something, I'll try to buy a piece of real estate with it. Like I think you said when I was, i know I've talked to you probably five years ago, and you're like, Chip, buy all you can while you're young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Borrow all you can. <laughs> Borrow all you can, right? <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that's for sure. Uh... You know, even if you make mistakes in buying real estate, you know, you buy a house to to refurbish or, or remodel and to sell it, and let's say you made a mistake, well, you know, time is always on your side in real estate. In yes. other words, so you can make a rent house out of it and just weather the storm, and if you are willing to try something different with it for enough time, sooner or later, if you have to, you know, you'll end up getting yourself out of a mistake. Uh too many things else in life. Uh, if you buy a heavy piece of equipment, mm-hmm. and the thing is uh, not as good as you thought, or doesn't work over time, time's fighting you. When I when I went to A&M, I took A and took took my first agriculture economics class, and the uh, the guy said, uh, you know, a cow can only have so many babies, mm-hmm. and so every year she's worth a little less. Uh, a tractor can only have so many hours put on it and every year it's worth a little less but in real estate time is on your side yeah and so that was just something that really hit home with me cuz growing up in the agriculture business of uh, cattle and running equipment i my first business was in the hay business and you know it's true it's a race to get that equipment paid for before it's time for to replace it it's a it's a so sometimes in that business time is a big race where in in real estate, uh, time's always on your side.
1: Yeah, so it's forgiving over time. If you make a mistake, you buy at the top of the market. I always tell a story, uh, when I bought my first house in Leander, uh, when my wife and I got married in 2006, that was the top of the market. And so it crashed shortly after that, you know, through 2008, 2009. And then we still, we sold it in 2015. So for the first three years, I, if I would have sold it, I would have lost 25, 30,000. But because uh, I held it for ten years, ended up making a hundred thousand at the end of the day, and yes. so you know it, uh, like you said, it's very forgiving over time, even yeah. if you make a mistake at the very beginning.
0: Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> it just seems like uh, it, it, you know, at times it doesn't go up very much. Uh, well, you know, in two thousand and you know, all the people that bought homes like from two thousand and three to two thousand and seven or eight you know, then we had the market crash in the fall of eight, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had the tumbling down of depreciation of real estate uh, starting in probably seven a little bit, but eight and then definitely nine, ten. I mean, uh, enormous amount of uh, devaluation. Uh, I, think, I think I remember reading something like 22% of all households, it was somewhere in the 20s, 22% of all households in America was underwater in their mortgages. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, you know, uh, a lot of people bailed on it, had a lot of foreclosures. Some people just sat still and stayed in it, and they wrote it out. And those people that wrote it out right now can uh, can uh, make a premium on that deal.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy how much the prices <clears throat> have come up since that time frame and coming up. I wish I had a lot of money back in 2009 and ten. that was a year to buy, I mean you should have just doubled down, you know, you had it. Yes, yeah and a lot of people did, a lot of,
0: even your, uh, oh I'm not going to come up with the correct name, but on the um, the major investors of, uh, oh heck, what are they called Chip, um, you know like on Wall Street, yeah. Where, yeah. A, a lot of them bought into it that traditionally didn't buy into real estate. And a lot of those people are now uh, selling put, off all their. They assets. put a lot of
1: syndicates together and bought a lot <clears throat> of three bedroom, two bath houses that were, you know, you know I mean, I, I'll tell you a story about. I, uh, I talked about him for mondo in Austin. Um, he had come to me in 2010, and we were these duplexes were selling for during that crash. They were selling for 130 thousand before the crash. They were selling. Uh, well, actually, these are four They were selling for 130, and before the crash, they were selling for like 390, 400,000. It was crazy what these uh, quad uh, quad plexes. selling for. Anyways, Armando, we had we had picked up three or four of them for like 130,000, and then a few years later, I guess uh, when I left Austin, 2015, 14, we were selling them back for again for 400,000. It was crazy, and he he did really well, you know so when there's blood in the street like that, it was a huge opportunity for people that saw it. Buffett has a saying uh, that I I love, is, uh, uh,
0: when people are fearful, be greedy. When people are greedy, be fearful. Uh, Which is so true. Uh, In 2010, looking back, it was obvious you should have bought all you could. But also in 2010, when you're in the middle of it, it is scary. And people were fearful because they didn't know when or if where the bottom was going to be. Right. And so a lot of these things are always easy to see uh, in history. But when you're living in the current moment, it's not so easy to see.
1: Right. I know it's it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then supply and demand. Also in those years, to try to get your hands on the money to do the investment is, uh, you know, at its hardest. People don't want to let go of the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the lenders and stuff like that. So, so it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, in the Great Depression, the people that had the
1: cash, yeah, uh, got wealthy. Well, people, there's always people say cash isn't king anymore, but when there's times like that, cash is still king. Cash is
0: king in bad times.
1: Right. Absolutely. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, I appreciate you coming on today. Um, is there anything else we need to educate people on? You think? Um.
0: Man, nothing comes to the top of my head just yeah. right
1: off. Uh, you know, so uh, listen to Gary Day, hey, real estate's forgiving over time if you make a mistake. It's uh, Gary's bought quite a bit. He's got some storage units and other things that he's invested in, so he's done really well. And I always look forward to talking to Gary. You can, you can dive off into psychology with this guy. He, he's a man of uh, a lot of things to, to learn, especially how to grow an organization, how to motivate people. And like Hillary always says, effort alone will get you a long ways. It'll get you there. It'll get you there. So uh, today make some effort. If you are looking for a manufactured home, I think you know where to go pay at Country Homes in Schulenburg. They'll put the deal together, They'll tie it up, put a bow around it for you. Um, Got a great staff over there and we appreciate you guys listening. And we'll see you at the top. Follow me everybody praying for the end of times, everybody hoping they could be the
0: one I was born to run, I was born for this